0: Paul, This is Wayne. And this is Tim.
1: Wow, so, the gang's all back together.
0: Yeah. It's been quite a while.
1: You know, there have been numerous allegations that uh, we had murdered Tim. And uh, really what actually happened is that we just had him in a box under the bed. And, yeah. Uh, we just decided to let him out. You know, it's it's, it's coming up on Thanksgiving. It seemed like the right thing.
2: It's, it's, all, it's all about being thankful. I'm thankful for oxygen again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing more relaxing than you're going to bed and you just hear, you know, Tim's muffled, God damn
3: it, under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's your white noise and your alarm clock.
0: <laughs> At least I'm useful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tim. Thanks so much since I've talked to you last, Tim. Tim. I haven't I- even heard what you thought of Thor. Tim, I figured you were coming
1: back so that we could, you know, put together our Longmire podcast, you know, Longmire with oh, name Timmy.
2: I'm so in. I haven't started it, though know, because that's that's one of those shows that I've got. To, I've, and Paul knows this because we talked about it a little bit earlier. That's one of those shows that requires two people in front of the TV at the same Correct. time.
1: Yeah, it's the same thing at my house. My wife and I just finished our seasons one through five rewatch. You know, which sounds like a lot, but there's only like oh. ten episodes in each season. Holy so. shit! Yeah, so so we're 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 ready for uh, season six. We finished Stranger Things season two last night, and so I think we're going to start uh, Longmire season six tonight. So I didn't know
2: it dropped. Long season six dropped.
1: Yeah, it dropped uh, last week.
2: Yeah. Do right I? next, right next to Punisher, yeah. and I only had one hour in my day to watch in front of the TV
3: of two people. So guess what happened? Yeah, well, actually, <laughs> we'll talk about later. But yes, actually, we can talk about it now. It's a good point. You're bringing it up. Let's. I mean, the Punisher came out what Friday, right? Yes, sir. It came out Friday, yeah. And apparently, Paul was like, "Everybody should
2: watch the Punisher season episode one." Like, God damn it, fucking Paul! Oh, I.
3: I know. I do that.
2: You're, you know you're, what? You're going under the I, bed next, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? It's it's kind of funny. We're complaining because there's too much good stuff. That's right. That's right. <laughs> True. Uh So yeah, I, I watched Punisher season one because Paul made or episode one because Paul made me. Not season one. I'm not. I'm not a sadist. Yeah. I, <laughs>
1: and, you know what is it? Uh, uh, The Stanislavski rule that – I think it's Stanislavski where if you show the gun at any point in the play, you have to use the gun by act three, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that very much happens in Punisher episode one. They show you the sledgehammer,
3: Paul. (laughs) (laughs) They show you the sledgehammer. You know something's going to happen with that sledgehammer.
2: Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: I
2: uh, yeah I don't know. <laughs> most of those people would have been dead in that in that first round of fu. Right. And then they got to a second round of fu for yeah. most. Like what? Yeah.
1: What? It was a little sledgehammer porn, in my opinion. <laughs> <Ooh>.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to say, so uh, we've only seen episode one, but Punisher is already the most violent Marvel Netflix show. After one uh, episode, of-
2: I don't know. Def- Defenders at the end was kind of violent, but yeah, Punisher is going to definitely overcome them.
0: Well, I, think I would be shocked if Punisher wasn't the most violent.
2: Well, and I think Fair. it
1: wallows in the violence. I mean, I think that's kind of kind of the difference from some of the other stuff. I mean, yeah, Daredevil, you know, is just punishingly violent, but this one, I mean, when they're doing the uh, the blood splatters on the lens of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, when you take the sledgehammer to the face, I mean, come on. But don't get me wrong. Every single one of those guys had it
3: coming. (laughs) Every single one. Yeah, they all had it coming. So I I don't know about – yeah, sorry. um, So I don't know about you guys, but for me, this – so the first episode of Punisher, it's all I've seen so far. But it felt very much like I was watching like an adaptation of some Punisher comic book. I mean it was – for me very true to the character very true to the comics um it feels like some like like i said some random punisher comic i would have read in the 90s seems like it would have had the exact same story
1: yeah no it uh it it felt very organic to the character i I felt like i that this was frank castle right uh i i I thought they, they did a good job in setting the tone and despite the very grim violence i hate to say it i rather enjoyed it you know uh, I, I I thought that it was I thought it was super well done.
2: Yeah, for what it was, it was it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kept going and <laughs> it was going to be kind of kind of like that. I was like, yeah, and well, that is that's I, where it's, we are. It's, it's
1: something that that worries me because you know, in a lot in a lot of respects, a, a you know, a Punisher story is very much like a Charles Bronson Death Wish movie, and <laughs> yes. and I want to be able to find joy in these characters, and I, and Punisher is not that guy, so I don't know how. How my experience is going to age through the season, right? Uh, am I just going to walk out going, oh God, <laughs> you know? Because you know there are moments in each of the other Marvel series, no matter how dark they are, that you're able to go you know, Marvel Netflix series. I'm not talking about the, the crap that's on ABC, um, but uh, you know, you're you're able to say, man, that that, that was super cool, right? Um, I worry about that with with uh, the Punisher because you know, yeah, not, I don't think it's. He's not a guy who wrings joy out of it, out of an experience. No, I don't think this is
3: one I'm going to be able to binge watch.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I had some time I could have watched episode two, but I was like, I'm good with one right now.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, a while back, I don't know if you guys remember the TV show Millennium.
1: Yes. I love that show.
3: Yeah, I tried to re-watch it, you know, in a binge-watch format. And it's one of those shows that, man, you get through three episodes and you just want to slit your wrists. You're right. Yeah.
0: It's kind of how I feel about Game of Thrones. Oh, see, I can binge-watch Game of Thrones. While it's an incredibly good show. It's not a fun show. Oh, it is hard to watch sometimes.
3: See,
1: I, I, I can absolutely binge-watch Game of Thrones. I don't have a problem with that at all.
3: Yeah, I feel like I'm going to have issues binge watching Punisher if I try. I I feel like it's going to take me a while to get through, which is good because I have a little while. I don't think we're going to get anything new until next year. Uh, I don't know what's next. I don't know if it's Daredevil or
0: Jessica Jones.
1: Um, I I think it's Daredevil.
0: Isn't it? I'd be okay with that. I am so far behind in the Marvel Netflix shows that I have plenty to catch up on. My uh, my shaming moment here is I've never finished season two of Daredevil. Oh shame, shame! shame. Yeah. Uh, that's not. Shame. I haven't watched any of Defenders. Eh. Yeah. And okay. <laughs> the okay one is I never finished uh, uh, Iron Fist. Yeah, that's just good. That's just good practice. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Best
1: that, practice. Yeah, that,
3: that's redeeming quality. Yeah, you can put you could put that on your resume. Yeah, that's
1: right.
3: <laughs> Did All not right. finish season one of Iron Fist. Um, you know, since we're talking about this Marvel stuff, that Marvel crap, um, I don't know if you guys heard there were, there were two movie, um, Marvel movie stuff, uh, related announcements, both kind of, um, outside of the, the Marvel cinematic universe, which was that Sony is developing a Morbius, the living vampire movie that
1: now on the one hand, that sounds fantastic, right? I, I would love to see it, me some Morbius on the screen. Uh, the problem, the, yeah, go, uh,
0: ahead. go
1: ahead. I was just going to say. On the other hand, the bad part is that it's at Sony.
0: Yeah, the problem is not just that it's at Sony; it's that all of these Spider-Man ancillary titles they're developing—they're doing Morbius, they're doing uh, a Silver Sable, Silver Sable, Black Cat crossover called Silver and Black, and they're also doing a Venom movie. And none of them are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they're. From what I understand, they will like tie together, but they're their own not spider man universe.
3: I feel like Tim's ready to say something, ready to pounce, Tim. Oh
2: well, I was just gonna start com- screaming about why are we creating these shitty B-character things, but it made sense when you said Sony. I'm like, oh, they're limited to what they can do, right. and so they're they're doing what they can. OK, that
3: makes sense. I've always loved the character of Morbius when he's written not whiny. Yeah, um, I love I, I love him. And I think he would look super cool on screen.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. that's my phrase
0: this week. Super cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I have a place, yeah, a special place in my heart for any of the Midnight Suns.
3: So Agree. Just not that Midnight Suns comic that's coming out right now. <laughs> exactly. Because that's horrible. That's another thing to put on your resume. Does not read Midnight Suns. (laughs) Um, You know, so in addition to the Morbius thing, I think it's uh, Fox is developing a multiple man movie starring James Franco. You know, Jamie Madrox, the
0: character. I'm okay with that, actually. Yeah, Marvel, uh, Fox is doing a much better job with some of the properties, and it looks like they're really trying to do different things with some of these side characters. Uh, the uh, the New Mutants movie is a straight-up horror movie, based on all the previews I've seen.
1: Yeah. Well, and uh, there's so much you can borrow on Multiple Man, right, from the Peter David books, uh, and I would hope that they would lean into some of that stuff.
3: Yeah, I would think so. Uh, there, there's no other... I don't know that there's any other writer who has had a definitive mark on multiple men like Peter David has. So, you
1: know, there, there, there was some pretty big uh, Marvel news this week. And it kind of relates to uh, the films in that uh, Axel Alonso is no longer editor-in-chief. He has been uh, replaced at, uh, at Marvel. And there is some speculation that that is because they lost Brian Michael Bendis.
3: Oh, really? I didn't notice that uh, announcement being made. Um, But, you you know, I wonder, do you think he's going over to D.C.? No,
1: I don't. I don't think that Alonzo's is going to D.C. But I think part of the problem is, you know, if you'll recall back in the the salad days of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there was a whole uh, writer's room from the comic book side that were advising the Marvel film projects. And the Bendis deal bringing him over to DC provides him input into the DC uh, film universe, and so uh, there there is a lot of speculation that Alonzo is is has been asked to leave uh, because he allowed Bendis, you know, he allowed that situation to occur because apparently uh, Marvel found out about it about the same time we did. That they did not know that uh, Bendis was interviewing over there, that he had been in conversations, that he was unhappy and ready to go. And, you know, I, this is completely speculation. I think a lot of the reason that uh, Bendis was looking to leave is that the comic guys got cut out of uh, the Marvel Cinematic discussions a year or so ago when uh, the, the Marvel Cinematic uh, with the Marvel movie producers all said, eh, don't worry about this, guys. We got this. And they cut out, you know, the Ed Brubaker's, the Bendis's, the Jason Aaron's. So DC, realizing that that was a strength,
0: lured him across the street with the promise of candy and comic books.
3: Hmm. That would be interesting. Yeah. I, I
0: suddenly get- have hope for the future of DC movies. <laughs> I never even thought about him having a part in the movies. I I, I just
1: assumed that... The cat box wasn't going to be big enough for Jeff Johns and, and Bendis to be in the same box in terms of the uh, media, the, the other media properties. But apparently that's what DC wants. They want to have additional guys at the table. And I don't know if you if you follow him on Instagram, but he keeps taking pictures of all of his DC research and these just stacks and stacks of DC trades. Um you know, he was at the premiere last week for Justice League. Uh, <laughs> his wife got her picture taken with Jason
3: Momoa. Uh, <clears throat> he's he's really leaning into the whole DC thing, which I'm I'm glad to see him excited about it. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. You know,
3: he clearly wasn't excited about his Marvel work for those last for the last couple of years of his work on Marvel. Um, I did see they canceled all his creator own titles, which not like they were getting out timely anyway. Right. Well, not like they were any
1: good. Yeah. There's you know, that. I'm, I mean, I, I I tried to read some
3: of that creator-owned stuff that he has, and it just wasn't grabbing me. But I feel like this, this, this Bendis transition, right, or the story of Brian Michael Bendis, would make prime fodder for a future episode of Robert Kirkman's Secret History of Comics.
1: Oh, don't you know it. Now, uh, Paul, you haven't seen an episode yet, right? Sadly, no. Yeah. Uh, Wayne and I both have. We watched it together. We popped some popcorn and cuddled up under the blanket mm-hmm. on the couch. And, <laughs> Aaron is uh, very cuddly. Uh, I, you know, I, am a big fan of, uh, of comic book documentaries. It's one of the reasons why I'll buy the blu rays, you know, when they come out because there's usually a, a documentary involved. Um, this is produced by Robert Kirkman, and the first episode uh, told, tells the story of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee in the very early days of Marvel Comics. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be straight up because you know, they, they they involve Stan Lee in this documentary he has interviewed quite a bit. I was a little concerned. I'm like, how are they going to tell this? Because, you know, Stan doesn't have some of his best moments uh, in, those, in those years when... Stan becomes super famous in the late '60s and early '70s, and uh, Jack Kirby not so much. And I'll i I'll, I'll, I'll be honest; they they handled it really well. In fact, there is a very awkward moment where they ask him about you know the day that Jack Kirby left and the day that St- Steve Ditko left. And I mean, there is it, it, it surprises me because you know here it is decades later, and you would think Stan Lee would have his answer down in a more uh, succinct fashion. And the question seemed to startle him.
0: Yeah, he wasn't expecting it at all, it didn't seem like. I was very happy. They didn't pull punches. No, they really didn't. It reminded me, that first episode reminded me a lot of the uh, the Untold Tales of Marvel book. Yes. Yeah, and they... they they had some. I mean, they had the
1: guy who wrote that as one of the the comic historians interviewed on the show. In fact, they probably had like five different comic historians. Plus, Mark Evanier, Steve Englehart, Roy Thomas, um, uh, Todd McFarlane. Um, who am I forgetting? That they had, they had, seemed like there was another guy. But I mean, they had, they had people like you know. Anytime you're talking about Jack Kirby, you got to have Mark Evanier, right? I mean, the the, the two were tight. Uh, Evanier. Evanier Evanier, well, I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Uh, he is a historian specifically of uh, Jack Kirby, as well as being a comic book writer. Um, I was very impressed with, with the with the uh, talent. Oh, Jim Shooter! They had Jim Shooter in there and telling stories. I, I love the story that he told about trying to you know bring Kirby and Stan together in, at a party. I mean, I, I was this was a really good production. I
0: thought. Yeah, and Shooter is great when he's telling stories. Yeah. Uh, I was really happy, because one thing I was afraid of, usually when you're dealing with Stan, it's either a case of pure praise or vilifying him. Right. And it didn't do either. I thought it did a good job of really recognizing his contributions while not glossing over the negative as well. Yeah.
1: They they play a lot of actual audio of Stan and Jack, You know, and they they talk about one of the things, and this is something I've I've read previously, is that you know Jack was not a media hound like Stan is, right? And so so they actually represent that, and you just one of his awkward interviews, and it's uh every other word, and uh, oh,
0: that was a painful interview.
1: It really was. It really was. But then they then they play later on a conversation between on a radio show between a radio interviewer Jack Kirby, and then Stan Lee calls in and. It was a beautiful
0: conversation between those two men, and yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this. I thought this was 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 very well done. One of the things that was cool for me is I had heard about some of these interviews and things, but I'd never actually seen them or heard them, right? And it was nice to actually get that. Yeah. No, it, it was really good. It's worth your time, guys. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. I have the uh, the secret origin of Wonder Woman's recorded, ready to watch that one, and I can't wait to see what else they do because. I like the fact that this is a it's not just a series on one of the big one of the big two it's going to cover hopefully everything.
1: Yeah. The one thing that I that I felt like they got wrong is, you know, they kept showing, you know, cuts from the movies to demonstrate, you know, hey, here here are two guys who neither one of them wanted to work in comics. And here they are creating these these properties that are now, you know, billion-dollar box office properties. And so, you know, of course, they'd show you, you know, images of the Avengers and, you know, Ant-Man and uh, Doctor Strange, etc. And then they show you an image of Logan, right, you know, Wolverine. And I'm like, okay, well, neither of those guys had anything to do with that character. You can show them, you can show pictures of the X-Men, Jean Grey and Cyclops and those guys, but you can't show a picture of, of Wolverine. Neither one of those guys had anything to do with that. That was the only thing. Because they showed Lo- – there were clips of Logan several times. And it was old man Logan. It was the Logan that, that came out this year, right? Uh, those guys had nothing to do with that. Nothing, Paul. Nothing.
3: Well, I'm going to check it out. It sounds really interesting. It
1: was really good. It was really good. And I'm, I, I – I, it's a nice addition to my DVR
3: each week. Well, do you think – so here's the question. Um do you think it's something that you would rewatch? Like if they were to release it on Blu-ray, do you think it's something that yeah, that is I that would. interesting?
1: Yeah, because hmm. I rewatch my, my documentaries on uh, that, I, that I pick up on Blu-ray. So, um, yeah, I think I would.
3: Hmm. Well, I will definitely check it out. And um, I, I, I think there
0: is a Superman episode coming up, right?
1: I think there's everything you could ever want is coming up, Paul.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to the Superman one.
3: Well, I can't wait for the episode that is focused on the eight wonderful years of funny books with Aaron and Polly and Tim and Wade. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's a season two premiere episode. Yeah, yeah I'm waiting for it. Call, call Robert Kirkman, call us. I will give you the skinny on everybody. <laughs> if, if
1: you remove all the dick jokes, Paul, and the Paul's mom jokes, there's really only about a year's worth of content.
0: Well, fair, fair. <laughs> and it's kind of arguable that any of it's actually content. Yeah. That, that, is, that is true. Contempt,
3: more like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, we, we've, we've, we've talked long enough about other bullshit. I feel it is time for us to have the most important discussion of the week. Justice League came out. This past weekend, in uh, cinemas nationwide, three out of the four of us saw it. Uh, Three out of the four of us are are, are, are awesome, the other person less so. I will let you guys make that determination yourselves as we get into this discussion. Tim, you saw Justice League. Mm Mm-hmm. I did. And? And...
2: And I never like being the one to start this because I never, kn- I'm, you know, you realize that's why I made you start it. Right. We, like, we, that, we only been doing this weird. for years. <laughs> I know. I'd be like, OK, reveal this much, but not that much. And then transition. Into this person. Um, you
3: can spoil it all. It's fine at this point. I I'm think um, most everyone's seen it. That would listen to this show. And if you haven't, skip ahead 15 minutes. Uh, this...
2: <laughs> spoiler. Um, there. Now we're covered. Uh, let's see. Let's just start off with expectations. I had, you know, fairly high expectations. I, I I was looking forward to this a lot. I, you know, the 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 criticisms for Superman versus Batman, uh, which was the last DC movie, right? I was, uh, you know, I was, I was expecting they did clear it up. And the things that I heard online, a little bit because it's hard to miss some of the complaints online about about Justice League, I really didn't have a, an issue with. So as I watched it, all, of the, all of the, the, the problem spots didn't bother me, and all the things that I was hoping were going to be good were good. Um, so uh, let's see here. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, the, the movie does suffer a little bit from the getting the band back together syndrome. Yeah. Um, but if I compare it to the first Avengers movie, it's about on par with what they had to do. Maybe justice league did it a little longer than they, they, they had to, but I felt like they, they made a choice that we have to do it a little bit longer to pay, to make sure that all these characters are given their, their due.
1: But, you know, I'll jump in since you're talking about this, Tim, I felt like most of the getting the band back together worked. Um, You know, the, his uh, reuniting with wonder woman, Uh, Barry Allen, you know, seeking out Barry Allen. I felt like the one that didn't work was uh, was Jason Momoa, you know, getting together with Aquaman. There was just there were so many parts that that I was like, what? And that was surprising in that they're really, really leaning hard into Jason Momoa uh, being Aquaman. Um, That that just really didn't didn't the the scenes in the uh, in the fishing town. Uh, really didn't seem to work. The scene uh, in Atlantis with Aquaman didn't seem to work. I was just a little
3: surprised that
1: those scenes didn't get more love.
3: You know, so we're we're talking about this, and um, I I will say I I was fine with Aquaman, uh, but I think think the film, for anyone who tells you that they can't tell this film was directed by two different directors, (laughs) they either didn't watch this film Or they're lying to you. Um, Now, I'm going to start up front by saying I enjoyed the hell out of this film. Mm -hmm. I thought it was flawed, but I enjoyed it. It was fun. Uh, I I had a great time watching it. Um, However, if if someone were to ask me, for myself, I would put it on par with the first Avengers. Um, And beats the hell out of Age of Ultron. Absolutely. Beats the hell out of Age of Ultron. Um, And quite frankly, I I think um, the Whedon influence is obvious. Yeah,
1: there are. Yeah, there. (laughs) In fact, one glaring uh, thing is is one of the two end credit stingers. uh, I think he did both of them, honestly. Well, but the the race really. I mean, you're like, oh, that's Joss Whedon. That's Joss Whedon all over it. And I'll tell you, both of those those end credit stingers make the entire movie worthwhile.
3: Oh, yeah. They're both great. I, yeah, um, they're they're they are both, both fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead, Paul. Oh, well, um, you know, so Joss Whedon, you know, his – for better or worse, his, his hand is all over this film. Um, if you watch any of the trailers, you'll see not only are there storylines that have either been entirely changed, um, there's also the colors – on scenes are different. Um, he, he's definitely brightened up the, the final battle. If you look at the original trailers versus what it looks like now, um, it definitely seems uh, there, there definitely seems like a bunch of scenes have been removed. Um, and I think part of that is because the story was originally different. Right. I think I think Zack Snyder very much was leaning into Superman coming back and being bad and the film ending with a dark side cliffhanger, which we, that was already said. The, the film was originally going to end on a dark side cliffhanger. Um, sp- obviously, we already spoiled it, but that's not the case in this situation. Um, so I think a lot of the film has been redone. They say uh, Joss Whedon only directed about 25 percent of it, and that's probably accurate but he has probably re-edited the other 75% so that it matches his 25% and right. tells that cohesive narrative. Um, cause I feel like it's a very different film than originally intended again for better or worse. There are some things that don't work. Um, I, I was fine with Aquaman. I wasn't fine with cyborg, but I think, I, I don't think cyborg is a character that I am ever going to be invested in.
1: I, I gotta say, Paul, you know, my feelings on cyborg. I, I, I strongly dislike this character, uh, in the, in the comics. Um,
2: Aaron's about to say what I'm thinking too. Let's go. He
1: did not annoy me anywhere near the level that I expected him to in the film. In fact, I kind of liked him in the film.
2: Okay. You went a little too far. What I said. Well, I, I didn't <laughs> love him. I didn't love him.
1: That's I'm not buying, I'm not buying me a cyborg action figure you. or a cyborg t-shirt, but no, I'm just you? saying I, I, I had so low, my expectations were so low around the, the anticipated cyborg experience that I was like. You know what? I mean, I I felt like the actor handled the role well. I felt like he had some decent moments. Um, I was surprised at, you know, my my feelings around the character. I still don't think he's appropriate for the Justice League, but, you know, I thought he worked. And the big thing for me is I expected to hate Barry Allen. I expected to hate The Flash because I like uh, The Flash on on, on, uh, TV so much. And I liked that the while the, there are certain touchstones in the character experience that are the same, that the character was very different, and I kind of liked him.
0: You know, I did I too. Kinda, I like the Flash. I, quite wow, ahead. that's surprising to me because in the uh, trailers, mm-hmm. I just want to slap him. He seems really annoying. Well, so, he is. He, I,
3: he
1: is. He is very much the ricochet character in Justice League. You know,
2: I, he's, I feel like they all went and saw saw Civil War, and like, you know what? We need Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what they did. With the and
1: franchise. that's what the, you're, you're exactly right. I, the, the, the piece of the story that I was so disappointed in was Aquaman because uh, I like Jason Momoa a lot. I like the look of this character. Um, I, I was expecting him to be a scene stealer. And the scene in Atlantis just doesn't work at all. Just doesn't work at all. And they, I think they would have been better off. Doing something else, <laughs> the because it's just you know him him running to Atlantis to save the day, and then you find out after he's you know uh, screwed it all up that you know he's he's not been to Atlantis in a very long while, if ever. Nobody knows him there. You know they know of him. Uh, you know so and, and there's just this this rush of exposition to cue up the Aquaman movie, and I'm like this just doesn't work. Yeah, it was very clunky, a very
3: clunky yeah. scene.
2: There was uh, there was a spot that <laughs> there was a spot that there was one sad Aquaman spot for me because, yeah, you yeah, the scene the scene in Atlantis was clunky is the right word, Paul, yeah because I, I think part of it was the to me, part of it was the trying to do the thing underwater, which you had to. Right. But it's made it a little weird, right?
0: Yeah.
2: And, but like there's a scene where uh, Wonder Woman turns to him and says, uh, we have to subdue him. Uh, and, and I don't want to I don't want to spoil it longer than that, but like Aquaman's still standing there. I wanted Jason Momoa to already be charging up the steps, ready to kick ass. Right. Like not, there wasn't a discussion about subduing anybody like he, I was like, I want him to spear somebody.
1: Yeah, no, the, 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 no. The, I wanted him to spear someone and feed them to a, to a great white shark. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah, I was, well, we have I was waiting for the Aquaman for movie coming out. I, I was waiting for that move from Injustice.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, now, now That being some... said, I, I don't mean to cut you off here, but before we move off of Aquaman, I will say the scene with him and the lasso was was a standout scene for me. Uh, yes, I, that was a good scene. That was yeah.
1: Once the band is together, the show works.
2: Oh yeah,
3: right?
1: yeah, yeah. So once you've got everybody together, everything works in, in, in Justice League. Um, uh, there are some. There are a few bits that just shine in the movie. And I won't spoil the after credit scenes, but I will say that, that a lot of what I enjoyed about the movie is how I felt when I walked out the door after seeing those two end credit scenes. But there is one line, uh, you know, and, and and I think it's great that they didn't spend a whole lot of time with, uh, Superman being addled in the head and, and being bad Superman for a few minutes. Um, but when he turns to Batman and says, "Do you bleed?" You know, parroting yeah. back, you know, Batman's line from the previous movie, I was like, "Oh, oh fuck
3: <laughs> and And so, on that point, and I'm not saying this just for Wayne, uh-huh. I feel like this was the best Superman representation since the start of the d c cinematic universe. i and, and that I, wouldn't I, be I, hard. No. I, was, I mean, like, far and away. like this was well, Superman.
1: And so I, I do have a problem with that. When the movie starts, the world is mourning Superman, right? I mean, there are you know, giant banners hanging over buildings, you know, like the way we hung flags after September 11th. You know, these these giant banners with the Superman, uh, you know, shield, and uh, you know they're black, and the, the world is in mourning. We have lost our hero. And my my problem with that is that we never establish that Superman is that good a guy
0: in either of the previous two superman movies
1: you know I, yes, I have Steel.
0: That, yeah that was and my so, huge problem in the trailers is that yeah. they're mourning him it's this huge thing they've lost hope he super and, inspired people Bullshit. We haven't seen that on screen. We haven't seen that he's inspired anyone. Half the planet hated him in
1: the movies. So, Paul, I thought that you and I both agreed that you were going to medicate Wayne today.
3: Uh, <laughs> well, I was waiting for it. Um, there's, a, there's a reason I wasn't on the Thor movie I was, I was play there. Yeah.
1: Well, um, you know, my, my problem is that you know they don't they never laid that groundwork and what the what the filmmakers are doing is they're depending on the meta experience with superman your 75 years of superman to you know lean into that emotion and it rang false to me Um, i'm not sure that it will to other people but it rang false to me but i will say paul is right this is the best representation of Superman in these movies, the best representation of Superman on screen since Christopher Reeves. Um, He, he does come across as, as a hero and heroic and becomes that symbol towards the end of the film.
2: Yeah. That, that cornfield scene was, was damn, damn strong. (laughs) Yeah,
3: Yeah. Yeah. It really was. It really was. And you know, his, and when he, he, I know we're well. I'm I'm spoiling things, but when he's involved in the final battle, um, he moves, he acts, he smiles like you would expect Superman to do. Um, It it is so well done.
0: His interaction is film, and that's probably part of Whedon's influence more so than Snyder's. That's what I was about to ask. Do you think that is Whedon coming in and? Some of his reshot scenes and basically yes. saving the character because Schneider has no idea how to tell a Superman story.
2: Yes, because earlier in that scene where uh, there's a, there's a part where it looks like it looks like uh, Batman's gonna bite it because he is he is bit off more than he can chew. Yeah, and they did a I, I think <laughs> that the film was dark. Did
1: a, I think <laughs> the film did a fantastic job of humanizing Batman. Yeah. And, and demonstrating, you know, here he is fighting alongside gods and, you know, he takes off his shirt and he is just one giant bruise. You know, and <laughs> I was like, that is a, a really good scene demonstrating, you know, Gal Gadot, I'm, Wonder Woman can, can, you know, be, uh, be beaten ass and getting her ass kicked. And she's having a great time. You know, Batman's out there, you know, beating ass and getting his ass kicked. And, and and maybe gonna die a little bit, <laughs> you know. There, there, there's a, there's a big difference there, um, and I, I think it really it really helped cement the distinction between Batman and the rest of these guys.
0: So how was Ben Affleck's uh, delivery of lines? Because in the trailers, he delivers that the line about uh, you know strong men are strongest alo- alone or something that delivery is horrible in the trailer
1: Uh, you know I
3: I, I thought Ben was great in the movie yeah I thought he was fantastic he was one of the best parts of the film for me Uh,
1: I will say he you know Ben is so ripped right now you know he's you know obviously been body sculpting (laughs) have you noticed that you know his chest is so enormous that it makes his arms
3: look too short yeah a little bit I was like
1: I was like he has got tiny arms
3: (laughs) I think that's just you know he's been working on he he's been doing chest day every day that guy Uh, yeah exactly
1: I mean he's just he is just so ripped right now that I
3: mean his arms just look like little T Rex arms (laughs) yeah Yeah, Ben Affleck uh he he looks like an action figure Um, he does does. but you know he looks like Batman he looks like Batman
1: I hated when he shaved. I, 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 he, he rocked that beard in yeah. the first couple of scenes of this movie. Oh God! And one of the scenes, I, I am not a car guy. I am not somebody who's like, oh, I gotta have that car. You know, I'm just. Oh, not me. I
2: know where he's going.
1: But, but that that uh, Mercedes that Bruce Wayne's driving, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like,
1: oh, holy shit! That's a gorgeous car.
2: Yeah, and that's. So- that's $300,000. dollars we rolling on the street right there. So Paul, that's that's the car we're riding to Mancon in this year.
3: Don. <laughs> Don. We we know, there is no back seat.
2: Yeah. Sorry, nice. Jim.
3: Nice. <laughs> but we'll be there in about two hours.
2: As long as there's enough room for the cookies. Uh yeah. <laughs> if we get to mancon with those snicker we're gonna have some problems.
1: <laughs> I really liked the film. Um, Me too. I th- I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than I did uh, Thor Ragnarok.
2: I enjoyed uh, film. I did.
1: I, uh, I, I, I will probably see it again in the theaters. Um, I thought that there was more good, good here than bad. I don't think it was a great film. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think that, uh, there, there was a lot of good on the screen and again, stay for the two end credit scenes because holy shit, they're both fantastic.
3: So what I will say final words from me on it is, um, I've seen the film twice already in theaters. I will probably see it one more time in theaters. um, it doesn't get everything right. It is an imperfect film. Um, however, what it gets right, it gets way right. Yeah. Um, and, and it has some great moments that the fans of Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman um, or, or any of these characters are really going to, to, to have them smiling. And I look forward to, to seeing those moments again.
1: Yeah, no, completely agree. Completely agree. Um, trailers. Um, first off, uh, it wasn't the first time I've seen it. I think it's the second or maybe third time I've seen this this trailer in the theater. But uh, god damn you, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, for making me excited about a Jumanji movie.
3: <laughs> oh, my god.
2: Oh, no. oh okay. No. I thought, see, and I, I, I had a Dwayne The Rock Johnson trailer. Oh, there was I another. Thought...
1: No, no. I, I, I'm right there with you. I had another experience as well. But damn you for making me excited about Jumanji. That movie looks terrific.
0: I, the, I, I agree, Aaron. The trailers look really good, and yeah. I just keep reminding myself, but it's Jumanji.
1: I know. I know. I'm doing the same thing. But the other preview, the other Dwayne the Rock Johnson trailer, Tim, I, I assume that you and I had the same reaction because it looks marvelous.
2: I, <laughs> I don't want to say that, but it I, did. I, It does. It looks marvelous. So they're they're showing this this trailer,
1: and you guys are probably more familiar with this than I was. You know, they're they're showing him where he's working with an ape. You know, he's one of those those ape handlers who communicates in sign language. And you know, suddenly the ape is 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 you know experiencing some problems. He's grown nine feet overnight. He's turning into a giant ape. And then there's a giant wolf in town. And I'm like, there's something about this that's familiar. And in, in the trailer, he looks down, and he's like, is that a giant crocodile in the water? I'm like, oh, Jesus, fuck. This is Rampage, and the title card goes up. Rampage.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome! um, They're doing a Rampage movie. It looks (laughs) amazing.
2: So, so Wade, Wade was watching right next to me, and he got the title credit. Rampage was like, "No way!" (laughs) I knew it was coming though. I was like, "Oh," but I'm like, "So the first part of that was like from the director of San Andreas." So immediately. Dwayne Johnson was the guy from San Andreas who finally had it with life in California and became a monkey handler. I was doing the same thing. I'm like, I think the same character. Right? He is. He looked <laughs> dressed the same. It was ridiculous. Oh, God.
1: I'm <laughs> but, like, man, this poor bastard can't catch a break. <laughs>
2: but, yeah, I was saying. I'm like, he's got to save George and George okay. is straight Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
1: I'm just like, this is an opening opening day film for me. I, oh, this yes. looks amazing.
2: <laughs> this looks
1: too good to be Rampage. That's oh, the f- God. <laughs> but I died when I saw that come up. I just died. Oh,
2: yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not with you on Jumanji, but I'm totally with you on Rampage. Well,
1: I hate myself a little bit because I'm excited about Jumanji.
2: I, it looks so good. Uh, I can't go there with you. It's okay. I'm with you with rampage
0: though. <laughs> I'm I'm with you there. Ed. I uh, I don't want Jumanji to look good, but the trailers look so good. It looks so, it looks so much fun.
3: So, right, uh, guys, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't. I've been biting my tongue. You <laughs> didn't it, like. Paul. You didn't like the rampage trailer. I didn't like either trailer. <laughs>
2: God, they both look fantastic. I I don't disagree, Paul. I just. God damn it! <laughs> no,
1: I, I I will unequivocally say I have no shame about about loving the Rampage trailer. I mean that just looks amazing. I have no shame there at all. I, I, the shame I feel completely relates to Jumanji. <laughs> I, I'm i just I hate myself for it.
3: <laughs> oh. You know what was interesting? Um, and I don't know about you, your experience, but I like I said I saw Justice League twice, um, and in both times. Well, I should say, in neither time was there a comic book movie trailer. Oh, there was for me. I didn't. I mean, the only one that's coming out that has a trailer out is Black Panther at this point, right? Yep.
2: Yeah, that's the one, that's I the one I had. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I didn't have Black Panther, but um, I was like, wow,
0: like, like one, why they wasn't there not the Deadpool, Deadpool teaser? Huh? There done, they could have done the Deadpool teaser too, since they they that was a just that. And
1: they did that on mine. They did the Deadpool
3: teaser. Oh, did they? They didn't on mine. So, yeah, weird. For me, it was all video games and Star Wars, basically.
1: Yeah, strangely, I didn't get a Star Wars trailer.
2: This Me neither.
3: I, I got it last week on Murder on the
1: Orient Express, but uh, I didn't get it uh, on this one. So I, I'm assuming they're holding off on the Infinity War trailer for Last Jedi.
3: Like yeah. I mean, yeah. Disney, yeah.
1: Oh, uh, you know, uh, did you see, you know, one of the things about uh, Justice League is that it was D, uh, Warner – was hoping and estimating a hundred and ten to a hundred and twenty million dollar weekend, and it looks like they're going to have a ninety six million dollar weekend, and uh, uh, which p- places uh, this movie well behind Thor Ragnarok. And going into the weekend, there were several executives over at Warner in DC saying, you know, if we, their quote, if we place behind. A Marvel B movie character that's going to be really bad for us, and I was like, "Who? What Marvel B movie character are they talking about?" And they were talking about Thor. It's like, in what world is Thor a, B- a movie character? But
2: in, in the in the light that they write him in that movie,
0: <laughs> agreed. <laughs> I I I'm still just shocked that either of you didn't like that the movie was so incredible.
2: Oh, let me let me let me let me clarify. I have not seen that movie.
0: <laughs> ah, okay.
1: Nor will I. You shouldn't. You shouldn't, Tim. You (laughs) will not enjoy that
0: film. I I loved it so much. It was the best thing I've seen of Thor.
3: I loved the film, but I will say, um, watching it, I was like, God, Tim is going to hate this film. Tim's going to burn this motherfucker to the ground if he sees this film.
0: I might have liked it so much because it was really a Hulk movie. And it was the best Hulk movie we've had. I'm assuming
2: this conversation has happened because I avoided that that episode. Yeah. (laughs) So... Uh, other trailers. Uh, you know, there was a Le- Liam Neeson one. Did you guys see? Oh,
3: yeah, the one on the train.
2: The one on the train. I couldn't help but go, <laughs> I'm going to find that train. And when I do, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I did the whole thing. I have a particular again. set of skills. The skills of fighting trains.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all Liam Neeson films are the same. He even said, I'm retiring from action films. And then he was like, well, you know, maybe not.
2: Well, I'm retiring and that's just, you're going to pay me 10% more.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh,
2: so... Uh, this is the first time I see the Black Panther uh, the trailer. Um, someone, someone, tell me what how they feel
3: about this movie. Oh, I can't wait! I can't freaking wait! Okay. Yeah, I'm
0: I think I, I feel like I'm the only one that feels this way, but I think it looks horrible.
2: I don't think it looks horrible,
3: but I don't. I, it,
0: it's one of those man movies to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's not what I'm looking for. But then again, I'm not a fan of the character, so I am yeah, um, ditto
1: i'm I'm super excited about yeah. uh, about Black Panther
0: and it looks like it plays into some of the things
3: that happened that Jonathan Hickman wrote in relation to right. Black Panther. And uh, yep. no one has I mean Jonathan Hickman, I shouldn't say no one. Jonathan Hickman is one of my favorite writers who has done Black Panther stuff. so mm-hmm. definitely yeah, you know,
1: I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, we're we're coming into uh, Thanksgiving this week. Um, is there is there another big movie coming out this week? Usually, they'll release something on on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, right? Or or was was Friday our big release for Thanksgiving?
3: I think I, I feel like there's some family movie coming out, um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think Justice League was pretty much it. There,
2: yeah, there that, yeah. There's literally nothing else. I'm waiting in line for Last Jedi right now. Yeah. Oh, Coco yeah. is what's coming
0: out. Yeah, I think oh, that's the, the last film? one I'll see
1: this year. Is that, is that the new Disney film, the Coco movie? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was at the movie theater, uh, it was. I saw it at 10 a.m. on Friday morning, and the, the lo- theater lobby was choked with people. And it seemed, you know, I was like, these people don't seem like they're here to see Justice League. They're all. You know, uh, grown women, mostly. And, you know, they all they all seemed ra- dressed rather professionally. And wearing name badges and whatnot. <laughs> so I asked the the concession lady, I said... What, the blue house What's everybody... <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what's everybody here for? And she's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. And uh, I'm like, all right. Well, I've come to find out they were all there to see Wonder, the oh. new Julia Roberts film that's based on uh, that book. And... It was – the theater was soon choked with small children. These were all the parent chaperones uh, because the local school district brought a ton of grade school kids to come see Wonder. And I'm like, you know, when I was in school, they never took me to the movie theater. (laughs) On opening day, much less, right? I'm like, what what the fuck? (laughs) I don't know what school's become, but –
0: what yeah. the fuck?
2: Aaron's like, I really could have li- liked it when I was in 6th grade going to see Casablanca on opening night. <laughs> eat, eat me, Tim. <laughs> so
1: uh no no additional uh, no other big movies other than Coco. So so join us here next week for our big Coco with Aaron and Polly. And no we'll peace. tell you all the all the all, all of our thoughts about Coco and the uh the in-credit scenes.
3: You jest, kind of, but I'm seeing it <laughs> God damn it, Paul Of course you are, Paul uh, Of course I am
1: All right Well, hey, we're we're doing two, two uh, yeah, episodes of Funny Books this week So stay tuned for our comics discussion on our Comics Podcast Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope For more information, visit markandrewpope.com